You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz, and this is our weekly look at the Cleveland Indians in podcast form and uh, in human form. I got Jordan Bastian standing with me here at Progressive Field. And, JB, uh, since we last spoke, the streak continued. It went 14 games in all. I think it should count as 15 games, given that one of those wins was a 19-inning. Yeah. Uh, job in Toronto, but um, you can't really say enough about what that streak meant for uh, the optimism uh, surrounding this club, the, the national exposure, the national interest, and and obviously uh, their spot to, atop the division. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, you know, I was happy they they were able to to set the record. You know, that was a game I'll never forget, and I know Indians fans will never forget. Um, incredible performance, 19 inning game. Trevor Bauer, you know, kind of selflessly logging five innings there at the back end. Um, yeah, it was pretty incredible. So you know, this team will, will for, for at least this reason, will go down in Indians history. And like you said, I think it's good that, you know, kind of got into the national radar. Uh, team's in first place, and they're going to head into the All-Star break you know, on a pretty incredible run at a time when, you know, Cleveland sports is a, had a nice run here nationally. So, you know, let's see if it can carry over. But there's definitely a lot more optimism in Cleveland than you and I are used to seeing, uh, but that's a good thing. I think it's been great, and hopefully this carries on, because it's been a fun season so far. Yeah, certainly a mental weight lifted around here with what the Cavaliers did, and uh, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that carries forward, but you know, I, there's a, anytime you have a streak like that, uh, there's some very real things happening in it. There's also some very fluky things happening in it. I'm sure, uh, you know, the offense we saw during that stretch is, it's hard to maintain that over the long haul, but the pitching was everything we kind of uh, expected it to be. As uh, you know, Carrasco got healthy and rejoined this group, and Trevor Bauer took his step forward. I mean, this is the rotation they hope to have. Yeah, I think uh, Terry Fracona said it today. You know, when he was asked about that rotation. He said when he comes to the ballpark, you know, every day he feels like he has a chance to win because of that rotation. Not that he wouldn't otherwise, but just there's that that feeling every day that each one of those pitchers is going to put that team in that position. So as we talked about last time, when the offense does get on a hot streak, you know you can run into a, a nice long winning streak if that rotation is doing what it's capable of doing. Um, so I think that was, as you mentioned, the rotation was a very real thing that we saw during the streak. The surplus of offense I think was nice to see, and hopefully it continues. You know Maybe getting Brantley back will help that kind of be a little more sustainable in the second half. Um, but that was good to see. The, the bullpen, which had very little work throughout that streak, you know, ended up playing the key role in that 19-inning game. Um, and obviously we've seen the last few days kind of the chain reaction yeah. of the kind of the repercussions of playing to win that one game, the effect it took on the next couple days. Uh, but I think it was worth it. You know, they got the 14 games in a row and, um, you know, all the things we've already mentioned, you know, have kind of been playing in the team's favor right now. Yeah, you're referring to uh, Jabba Chamberlain right. and Tom Gorzolani being uh, designated for assignment. And, yeah, it's one of those deals where uh, the, the numbers kind of catch up to you and then the lack of options in the bullpen. I talk to managers all the time who say it's, it's a big thing to have options in your bullpen, mm-hmm. optionable pieces in your bullpen because it, it does help you in times like these. The Indians don't have that luxury right now. Right. I mean, a couple of years ago, you know, Jason Jambi was here, and he was kind of that designated disabled list guy. Right. And he always gave them that, that ability to have that one guy on the roster where when they were in a crunch, you know, they could 
know, he's 41 years old. Something was always aching. <laughs> you know, it's at least that's what it seemed like. Um, and then, you know, you've had guys like Nick Hagedon when he was here. He, that year he had the option. He seemed like he was seemingly going back and forth between Columbus and Cleveland. And you know, you've had some other pitchers. Kyle Crockett was one of those guys at one point where because he had that option, he, was that, he knew that if they needed to, to make a move, he, you know, whether it was unfortunate for him, it was fortunate for the team. You know, right now they have a lot of guys down in that bullpen who have either secured their jobs or on guaranteed contracts or are out of options and uh, controllable for years where they're not going to want to risk losing them because of depth. And I think Java just ended up being the kind of the odd man out in an, in an unfortunate situation because he's pitching very well and brought a lot to that clubhouse. I know the Indians didn't want to have that conversation, but you know that 19-inning game combined with Corey Kluber's rough start um, combined with a, a number of other factors led to that move, and you know they already needed bullpen help. And maybe now as the trade deadline approaches, they'll be even more uh, aiming to get bullpen help You know, as the July 31st deadline comes up. Yeah, we can talk more about the deadline in a second. As you can hear, the gates are now open. JP. They're open. That's, that's official. Get in here. Um, and things are opening up for Michael Brantley. He took uh, batting practice on Tuesday. Very uh, optimistic sign there. Obviously a guy who uh, they're, they're still hoping will be a big part of this offense. Only had 11 games played so far in 2016. Um, but this is the, the most optimistic uh, uh, news we, we've seen about Brantley in a while. Yeah, it was fun. I was standing next to Brantley's dad, Mickey, during that BP session. And after every swing, he was giving a little bit of commentary on, oh, you know, now he needs to let the ball travel a little more. Oh, there he did it that time. Oh, look at that finish. And I think... He, the thing that he kept pointing out was the finish of Brantley's swing, which as we saw last year when he was hindered with that shoulder injury, you know, as they, they like to say in baseball, he kind of was alligator arming to swing a little bit. You know, right now when we watched him Tuesday and, and uh, what Mickey was relaying was the finish on his swing looks normal. And talking to Brantley, he said he feels normal. And right now, for the first time throughout this, we're feeling sort of a, a genuine sense of optimism. I think they've always been cautiously optimistic, but very vague. And right now it seems like once they found out it was biceps tendonitis, maybe a a little bit of a compensation injury, they got that identified. They were able to better come up with a a firm plan for how to attack it. I think before that it was so vague on what was potentially going wrong with the shoulder. They didn't really know how to come up with a a strict plan going forward. Where now, since that diagnosis, it's been a much more rapid progress through his hitting program and he could potentially be going out on a minor league rehab assignment here in the near future. And maybe he's that quote-unquote trade deadline acquisition. Um, So it's been very encouraging, probably more encouraging than at any point through his comeback to this point. Yeah, absolutely. And talking to Brantley downstairs, I mean, you made it clear that he always felt this was a a small hurdle, not the... uh, you know, not a, not a situation where he's going to go back under the knife or anything like that. He, he just felt he needed that that little boost. In, in this case, being a cortisone injection and um, get to the next step. So great to see uh, some strides there. Uh, Brantley has, of course, represented this club on the All Star stage in the past. This year, it's good old Frankie Lindor and Danny Salazar, two uh, very deserving candidates on, on both sides of the ball. Yeah, and I think that shouldn't really come as a surprise. Uh, you know, I think. The Indians players are always going to be up against it in terms of the fan vote. Uh, but as we've seen in recent years, if an uh, Indians player is having a strong season, you know the players and the manager are, are getting those guys on the roster. And this year, the two most deserving candidates, if, if we were to say, I think would be Francisco Lindor and Danny Salazar. Danny Salazar 
and Chris Sale right now, I think are, are one and two for the Cy Young Award, you know, at the first half. And Lindor is arguably good enough to be the starting shortstop for the AL. You know, what he's brought to this team um, as a leader and obviously as a defensive and offensive player. So no surprises there. You know, it would have been cool to see Josh Tomlin make the team. But maybe he can still, you know, if somebody drops out or, or things like that, maybe he's a guy who will be on that short list to, to be a replacement. And what an incredible story that would be yeah. uh, to see a player like that get that kind of recognition. So no surprises there, but well-deserved for sure. Yeah, and Salazar, I mean, statistically, Salazar is a great candidate to start the game. I don't yeah. think it'll go that way. I'm, I'm guessing Ned Yost will go with the more you know, more of a track record in, in Chris Sale. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all, but, but it says a lot about Danny, where, how far he's come. You think back to the wild card game a few years back when he was basically a one-pitch pitcher and <laughs> succeeding with that one pitch for, for a while there. But, uh, yeah, he, he certainly matured into an elite arm in the American League, so great to see him get the recognition he deserves. Uh, all right, so we've talked a bit about the deadline, but it, it's obviously a, a pertinent topic as we're inching closer here. And boy, JB, I mean, they, they've gotten great output from their outfielders, surprisingly, right. even without Brantley. So maybe it's not the the simple, uh, you know, they need to go out and get a bat conversation we've been having all year. Um, it's a very complex, especially uh, in light of the Brantley news. Um, I would say the bullpen is is probably the more uh, is probably greater agreement there that they need another bullpen arm. Yeah, or another thing to mention is, you know, we talked about Jabba. Um, you know, they didn't like cutting Michael Martinez. Yeah. You know, with Jose Ramirez playing every day, they really liked having a versatile bench guy. So I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe try and find a fit like that. You know, a guy who can, can move all around and give Francona that kind of bench insurance. Um, but as far as the outfield goes, you know, talking to some of the front office guys, you know, they're really impressed with what Naquin has done and Chis- what Chisenhall has done. And they've also said a guy like Almonte, that's the type of depth piece that you would normally try to acquire at the deadline. And he's now active and with the team giving them that depth. Brantley is a type of player that you, you can't acquire at a trade deadline. So getting him would be great. So I think if they're going to go for a bat, I don't think the outfield is going to be where it's at. Maybe third base, but then again, if Brantley's back, maybe that's where Jose Ramirez has to play. Uh, the catching situation is interesting right now with Jan Gomes struggling. Um, Chris Jimenez has kind of been a blessing to disguise. They got Roberto Perez on the horizon there too, though. Um, so that's another one to monitor as this month goes along. But I think, as you pointed out, and as we kind of alluded to, I think the bullpen is kind of the more pressing area right now. They've gone through like 100 lefty specialists this year, and they've had to cut a guy that was a, a really strong middle reliever. Um, so I think bullpen depth, lefty bullpen depth, will be something that they could target. All right, there you have it, the latest word from Jordan Bastion as we uh, head towards the All-Star break with the Tribe on top in the AL Central, and we will continue to check in with him each week in the second half to see where this Indian story leads. I want to thank him for joining us, and thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Cleveland Indians edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.